You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity. So, so, so scandalous. I'm Elsie. I'm 23. I had to think about that for a second. Hi, Elsie. <laughs> Just quite sad. Um, I am. I identify as female um, and I am straight and I've been in a five going on almost six year relationship now. I'm Felicity, 21. I identify as female. Um, sexual orientation, I am bi and I have been in a relationship for about I don't even remember about a year, a year and ten months. Yeah, quite a while. I'm Jonathan. I am 24, turning 25 this year. It's kind of scary, getting Ooh. old. Um, I am a male, in case you couldn't tell by my sultry deep tones. Um, I am single and I am heterosexual. What we've got coming up on the show today, we have um, some sex news first off. Um, We're obviously going to get into some questions from you guys, which I'm very excited about. Um, We are also going to talk about some sex education um, in China and sex myths in China as well, um, which I actually found super interesting looking into that. Um, Do you know what else we've got coming up at the end of the show, guys? We have uh, obviously... Anytime you can put through a Tumblr question uh, by going to uh, thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And you can ask us anything. Um, you can also send us an email at naughtyrude at sin.org.au. Um, so that's literally any question. And we will spend time throughout this show and future shows answering all your questions. Aside from just China, we'll have other um, sex myths. So we're going to be talking about our own myths that we were taught as kids, mm-hmm. um, yes. about what we thought about sex and what our parents taught us. Um, and we're also going to have a segment on brothels led by Felicity. Yeah. Hi, Mum. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. We are going to get stuck in now to some sex news. Um, so this week, writer, I know I'm going to say this name wrong, but writer Anka Rud- Rudovic has spilled well the beans. <laughs> Thank you. Um, spilled the beans on what it's like to have a lover with a bionic penis. Um, so we are now in the future, guys. We are definitely in the future. I actually always wondered how Robocop would have done it. Yeah. Now I will know. Now, now you know. <laughs> See, I find it really, really cool because you know how you go play with yourself with like a dildo and all that sort of stuff. You know, you kind of want that sort of affection from someone as well. Yeah. So that's actually like best of both worlds. Exactly. Like, get what I mean? He's yeah. ready to go at any time, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the implant, which um, comes as an inflatable or non-inflatable, um, are inserted into the penis of men who suffer mainly from erectile dysfunction. But um, it can also be used... Um, for men who um, are born with abnormalities or without a penis at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is, like I said, we're in the future. It's really exciting stuff, obviously helping people in all different kinds of ways. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely pretty cool. Was there anything in this article that let you know how it actually works? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, do you press a button and so- go... <laughs> Not quite. Not that amazing, no. Um, So Anka revealed that after some making out, in quotation marks, um, they were ready for sex and her lover did about 20 squeeze pumps on a small grape size um, 
pump below his penis. So That's it's very, cool. very accessible. And I guess you can kind of work that into the foreplay as well, which is That's quite, true. Quite I nice. wonder whether or not that's like outside the testicle or in like inside the scrotum, because if it's like that, then it would look a bit weird because you're just playing yeah. with the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> they, they weren't that graphic in the description, so no, unsure at this stage. <laughs> I don't know. I've got a, I've got a somewhat repressed engineering brain. So I was like, oh, how would they do that? If they put it inside, would they be able to put blood in it, which would be like a normal penis? And then if you were getting really good at it, you could completely hide it because your penis actually rises to the rate of your heartbeat it's really cool. That's um, a really fun fact. Yeah, yeah something that... Definitely whip that, that out at that, some dinner parties. Hey. <laughs> um, something that a, a few boys will find out when cool they party have, trick. have themselves on their own. They're like, oh, sweet. That's that's how it works. Whoa. Um, did Anka tell us anything about, like, how did it feel different? What what was the... Well, she said it was like as soon as it was over it, that he was ready to go again, obviously. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yep. Just they could go all night long, which is... Uh, it's a plus if you're into that kind of thing, for sure. Um, and our other bit of sex news um, comes out of Texas. Actually, some good news out of the US, which is definitely good finally. in this day and age, I think. <laughs> I know, finally, right? Um, but Texas now has its first openly transgender mayor, Jess Herbert. So congratulations, Jess Herbert. Um, and thank you for standing up for all the transgender individuals out there. I think that's really great. Snaps. It's pretty big as well, considering it's Texas. Yeah, of all places. Sure. Well done. Yeah, isn't Texas is one of the more conservative states? Yeah, mainly because it has. Isn't it like? Oh no, is no Utah is the capital of the Church Utah. of Latter Day Saints, not Texas. They're they're close to each other, aren't they? Literally, don't know anything about U.S. <laughs> geography. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> it's not my specialty. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was really good. She's um actually begun hormone replacement therapy. Um, oh, great! In the last two years, with the support of her wife, daughter, and son-in-law. So. Congratulations, guys. Very happy days. Yeah. We are jumping into some questions from you guys now. Um, Straight off the bat, what's the first one we've got up, John? I've just started dating a girl recently, and I've never had this before, but she was really emotional and cries before we have sex. What's the go with that? Yeah, interesting one there. Um, Obviously not something that, I mean, it's not the ideal situation, is it? But um, obviously sex can be quite a big experience for some people and you never know, it could be her first time. Um, She might have never, yeah, been in that situation with um, someone before. It's really important to figure out why she's doing this. Very important. Because, like, if she's doing it because, like, she's had a really, really bad experience in the past, potentially abuse, or Mm -hmm. even uh, it's just she hasn't had it in a long time and she's still sort of warming up to having sex again on a regular basis. That could be something. Could be a physiological, psychological. Find out. Talk. Yeah. The most important thing to do here is talk. Um, And, yeah, like we mentioned, she might have never had sex before or might have never been in that position before. It can all be really confronting, um, especially when you're put into that situation quite fast. Um, I'm not sure how long you guys have been seeing each other for yeah. or hanging out for, but um, Aside yeah. Aside from talking as well, you need to actually be understanding of the situation, yeah. I think. Like, you need to be there. You can't just go like, hey, I'm going to listen, but after that, I'm going to go. Because who knows what's going on in the mind, you know? Mm. The uh, brain is the most uh, important sexual organ. Uh, like, also, more because if you think about it, uh, 
the human people can get so wound up in um, emotion, emotion yeah. just by hearing the right words or listening to a certain piece of music. Yeah. So when you think about it, the brain is actually the most important sexual organ, unless of course you're trying to have kids, in which case it is definitely other things. But uh, one thing we'd like to mention is we have a bunch of helplines, and if you have, if this person has in fact uh, suffered abuse, there's lots of places they can go. Um, they could go to the National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counseling Service, which is one eight hundred RESPECT. Or if you don't have one of those fancy phones that can spell out respect for you, that's seven three double seven three two eight. We also have Beyond Blue, which is one three hundred double two four six three six. And there's also Lifeline, which is thirteen eleven fourteen. And we highly recommend calling one of those services because they're all wonderful. They've got some good people on the end of those lines, guys. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, if someone does cry in front of you, I would highly recommend asking if it's okay to give them a hug, in which case, give them a hug. It's generally Jonathan pretty good. Hugs. I love hugs. I'm a huge <laughs> hug advocate. Hugs can fix a lot. Mm. All right, next question, guys. I cheated on my partner, and now I'm dating the person I'm cheating with. How do we approach this subject with our friends? Hmm. Hmm. And the end of that is we do feel terrible and how about how it happened, but we are happy. Well, it's good that you're happy, guys. But um, obviously, it's a delicate situation. I think an important thing to talk about, well, to think about whenever someone cheats, is why are they cheating? Because a lot of the time, cheating stems from. Um, some sort of insecurity or some sort of emotional um, requirement that wasn't being met. And whether or not you can express that or not is sometimes a difficult issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So people cheat for reasons. And if you understand those reasons, then it's a lot easier to accept accept the fact that it happened. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay, but there is usually a reason behind it. I've never cheated, but I've gotten damn close because Mm -hmm. my partners have not always been... uh, as receptive or um, in touch with my my needs, even when I've talked to them and told them about it blatantly. Um, so I think that when you understand it, it's a lot easier to talk about it, especially especially explaining it to your friends. Um, yeah, it's really important to be honest with your friends as well. Like, yes. obviously, there was stuff going on in your previous relationship that led you down this path. Um, so, just be honest. And if they are really your friends, they'll understand. Obviously, people are going to be, I guess, shocked to begin with, possibly. But, um, you know, like I said, if they're your friends, um, they'll be willing to accept you no matter what. Um, so, the best thing you can do is just lay it all out on the table, I guess, and don't try and hide anything or cover anything up because it might come out in a big blunder down in the past, uh, in the future, not in the past. That's true. Mm. If um, if I were in your situation um, and I knew the reason as to why I cheated, I would be approaching, say, one friend and that I knew I could trust and talking to them with it. And then at least if I had to tell other friends... Um, I would ha- they would have my understanding already. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. 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 So they've kind of got your back within the friendship group. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think one thing to bear in mind as well, you need to understand that that person cheated on someone else for you. Like, I know you're happy and all, but don't rule out the fact that he might cheat again, he or she might cheat again. That's a really sad reality, but, you know... Yeah, well, I suppose that's for you, for the, your ex partner. Yeah, would be like the, but the, I think that when if your partner finds out that you're cheating, the 
question or cheated on them, they should really be asking themselves, um, why did they cheat on me? Not just, yeah. oh man, you're a you're a pain in the neck for cheating on me. Or, um, it's, yeah, the more you ask yourself why, the more you understand yourself, and the better you understand mm. yourself, um, the better you'll be able to, uh, I suppose, adapt. Because mm-hmm. like. Hypothetically, if the reason as to why you cheated was because someone else was more sexually attractive, then that may mm-hmm. uh, be because the, the person that you were with wasn't fulfilling your sexual needs. Now, that could be partially your issue because I always think that your sexual needs are your responsibility, mm-hmm. um, particularly how you manage your sexual needs is your responsibility. Yeah. Um, and Or if maybe the... Re- uh, maybe the reason was because uh, they didn't emotionally support you. So you had dreams or aspirations that you wanted to pursue and they just drained you down every time that happened. Of course, you're going to cheat on some, uh, cheat on them or break up with them eventually. The question is just when. Um, so if you, if you have had someone cheat on you, find out why you think it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go to a close friend and someone you trust, and then express it with them. Debrief. Yeah. Takes two yeah. to tango, of course, it as does. the saying goes. Um, so up next, we've actually got, um, we're leading into our next topic, sex education in China, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Forward to. If you do want to send any um, questions into us, guys, our the link is at the Naughty Rude Show dot tumblr.com slash ask um, and you forward can slash forward ask. slash ask <laughs> and you can send any questions through there um, and we'll try and answer them for you on the show we're going to be talking about sex education in china uh, basically uh, this was an article we found where uh, children in china don't really have very much sex education um, basically they believe that sex education will uh, likely lead to sex before marriage. Um, and it's linked to the idea that it's shameful to have sex before marriage um, in that cult- in their culture. So... Uh, this isn't just um, young kids as well. This is, like, young adults. And um, there was... I think there was a bit in the article where they were talking about um, the use of condoms and how some young men just don't know how to use them at all. They, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was, like, two-thirds of the population just weren't really that... Don't quote me on that fact either. But um, they just... Yeah, it was a bit of a mystery to them, which um, is quite... I mean, it's quite a contrast to our society here, I think. Yeah, it was an interesting um, little point in the article where it said, I know how to use a condom. I, you fill it up with water and you throw it at your friends. <laughs> um but they all, um, also uh, were led to believe that they could get pregnant by kissing. I've um, heard that a lot throughout my years of um, high school. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I'm i from New Zealand, but I did study in Malaysia for a bit. Most of my schooling years were in Malaysia. And, um, yeah, like, we wouldn't, we weren't allowed to hold hands with girls because apparently we spread germs. Of course. Like cooties, yeah. Yeah. which, you know, even cooties. up to now, you still hear it every now and then. But, you know, we couldn't kiss boys because, you know, leads to being pregnant. Um, you know, it, it was just a really interesting time. Like, for me, I was lucky because I had the internet and I learned about sex just really, really quickly. Um, sex education as well, you know, through articles, probably 
bit too ahead of my time. Come to think of it, but well, that's the scary thing with the internet yeah. um, these days is that if you're not really taught it in either a classroom or by your parents, yeah, um, you're then like you're more than likely just going to jump on the internet and then possibly find stuff that's not really accurate. Exactly. Um, and can really lead you down a completely different path about what sex is and how people, um, yeah, have that relationship where sex is involved and um, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, when I was when I was going through school. Um, in primary school, there were a few kids who would talk about sex and would talk about um, things related to sex, which were probably not appropriate for school. And then all the kids would go home and then ask their parents, mm. "Hey, so." What does it mean when you bugger someone? And they, no. uh, my mum, my mum would always be like, "Oh yeah, that's this," and I would be like, "Oh, why would people do that?" And my mum would generally go, "I have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> There's um, something really underrated, I think, about having parents that are really blunt with um, sex education and yeah. just really. Not blasé, but just very direct and to the point about everything, and not t- trying to sugarcoat. See, I'm at all. very passionate about sex education because you think about it. Everything we do is like a domino effect. You know, you need to teach children about sex. Well, by children, I mean like maybe up to because of this day and age, internet is so accessible. Maybe from the ages of eleven onwards. Yeah, ten or eleven onwards. Yeah, because it's unfortunate, but you know, you get. You get stories about children um, sexting each other, and it pops on the internet. And they're only just thirteen-year-old kids. Yeah, enjoy yep. your youth and not, you know, do silly stuff like that. Yeah, and it's what, so different from when yeah. we were growing up. Like even in the last few I, years, I think it's quite scary. I don't know. And what's interesting is the age of criminal responsibility. I think it is twelve, which is really young, which means if you're a 12-year-old and you take a picture of yourself naked on your phone and send it to someone else, you are criminally responsible for sharing child pornography, which is crazy. Of yourself. Wow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for creating and sharing it, which obviously there's going to be leniences, but Mm -hmm. what's scary- It's not something you want to do, guys. Yeah, and the funky thing about the internet is this sort of stuff can be found easily when you find adults doing it. You're like, oh- I want to play adult. I'm going to try and do that. Please. I learned about sex through porn, actually. Wow. So, funny story. Not actually that funny, but I was in computer class doing arts in, on the, you know, like, artscape or whatever you call it. And my guy friend, who's was like, I, I think I was about nine or ten at that time. And then... This dude said, hey, go on the internet, go onto this certain website, which was porn. And little did I know, I'd never heard about sex before at that time. And then, unbeknownst to me, very, you know, naively went onto the internet, searched up the website and popped up. It was right there, yep. No, not even porn. It was children porn, kid porn. And... I got into so much trouble with it because all the computers were connected to the main computer, which my teacher could see. And I just got into so much trouble. Yep. Yeah. And, and obviously wow. that's something that stuck with you for a while now oh, as well. Yep. It's because, you know, porn porn at that age is bad enough. It's children's porn, mm. which made, made me think like, you know, my friend at that time, has he been watching children's porn all this time to actually, you know, 
really sharing that. Yeah, yeah, sharing yeah. it. And yeah. it's like, oh, God. So how did, um, I mean, was that your first introduction? To yes, sex? it was yeah. my first introduction. And I was so curious, couldn't even ask my mum because that didn't look right. But I was so curious and I had internet with me. And, and do you think that um, kind of skewed your idea of um, what real sex is at all? Uh, come to think of it, not really. Because, again, with my internet access at home, I did access, like, back then, girl.com was this website where it's pro-sex, pro-safe sex, for mm-hmm. example. And it's just, you know, they teach you about period cycles, they teach you about safe sex, when what is consent, and, you know, that was great. So I just would, for our listeners, yeah. could you repeat that website just in case they want to check it out later? Girl.com. So it's G-U-R-L.com. I love all those. I yeah. actually used to get like lots of books that my mum would give me. Um, just like reading about periods and, um, I don't know, learning how to shave and um, how to talk to boys. And oh, I that was, was obsessed with those it's books. It's better than Seventeen Magazine, come yep. to think of it. But it's also a safe place where you can actually... Is a designated place where you can actually look up about information that you need. And, you know, yeah. these are run by doctors, psychologists, etc., etc. You can't really go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. look, if, if you are a listener here and you haven't had the talk with your parents yet, I would recommend bringing it up with them. Because waiting for them to bring it up with you is really, really awkward. Like, your parents <laughs> just like, so do you know about this? And you're just like, no, I wasn't prepared for this. But if you bring the conversation to them, not only is it fun because then they're on the back seat and they're like, oh, I I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready for this. (laughs) So at least, but then you have control and it feels better for you. And And also if you're really cool about it, then I feel like that spills over to your parents as well. Exactly. They're just nervous about how to relay this information to you um, in the best way possible to make sure you have a healthy sex education pretty much. Yeah. I first started learning about sex when um, I, my, my parents, well, I used to, be bathed with my sisters in a bathtub when we were like five or six and I would ask lots of questions about what body parts were for mm-hmm. um, and my mum and dad said we may um, like they basically told me that uh, babies were born because men and women have sex and sex is when a penis goes into a vagina um, and I was comfortable enough with that until I went actually how does that work mm-hmm. um, um, and I remember I was I think it was in grade one or grade too. Um, but I remember having this dream where um, that exact thing happened and then inst- it, people would, would fly up into the sky and then they'd come down with a fully formed baby. That childbirth oh wasn't actually a, a painful or strange experience, but yeah. they'd go up into the clouds and God would deliver the baby and it, it would be made by God like they said it would. Um, but I'm not religious, just to put that out there. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Gee, like I that. wish it were that easy, just yeah. to go like, whoop. Bring it down. And then you get to fly as well. Yeah. <laughs> you get to fly as well. The only time you get to fly. Um, just jumping back to the article, um, one of the reasons why this is quite a poignant issue in uh, China is not just because of the one-child policy that was enacted, um, but the legal age of uh, marriage is 20 for females and 22 for males, mm-hmm. which means they have to wait even longer than us um, before it becomes legal. Well, at least not legal, socially acceptable um, for them. So... It's a bit more of a potent issue over there. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, another point that the article brought up was um, about sex hotels, which are not only popping up in China but also Japan, um, where families live in quite close quarters. And I guess you don't really want to be having sex with your mum and dad no. sleeping yep. next door and They're your called, grandparents in the living room. Um, They're so called love hotels. Love hotels. Love <laughs> hotels. <laughs> I actually went to Japan late oh. last year and they were very much everywhere, actually. Really? <laughs> it was really interesting. Um is yeah, it really illegal in Japan? No, 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 not not illegal, not at all. I think they're much more lax than okay. um, than in China, but okay. um, I think it's more just the social stigma, stigma yeah. idea of it. Like you, they do live in quite close quarters um, for a lot of families over there, so it's quite convenient just nipping out to a hotel for a little little bit of frisky business on a Saturday night or any time that you've got spare. <laughs> mm, which is kind of interesting because. Um, in Japan and China, sex is often seen as shameful. Yet, ironically, in Japan, they have one of the biggest animated sex industries of the oh, entire world. Um, yeah. And you can ride on trains and there'll be businessmen reading ridiculously erotic stuff right next to you. And it'll just be just no one cares. Yeah, their whole manga industry is um, yeah very sex orientated. Well, some of them are, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's a very sexually charged um yeah, area of their society that's quite in contrast to the rest of um, how they live, I guess. So with sex being a taboo, how do you guys feel now that um, it's actually a lot more open and um, it's quite a discussable topic, even live on air at the moment? Yeah, of yeah. course. Like Shows like this are obviously helping the conversation in our society today and, um, yeah, everywhere. I think it's a great thing that it's just being more... It's just becoming more accessible for everybody, mm -hmm. which is good. We need to talk about these things. Yep. I love it, love it, love it, because uh, the more that we know about sex, and particularly about safe sex, the less children are born that um, will, uh, well, that aren't expected. Um, well, that aren't unexpected, should I say. And that means that everyone is more prepared for bringing up children, and that is only ever a good thing. Not um, just children, though. Like, sex isn't always about having children. But, no. like... Yeah. Making sure that everyone's really sexually satisfied and yeah. obviously yeah. Um, performing acts that they're comfortable with and that are bringing them pleasure and yeah. all of the above. There, are there any reason why I bring that up is because I, whenever I have sex, I always think about the fact that the um, primary objective of sex on a natural sense is to make babies. Yeah, yeah. And that it is very yeah. good at making babies. And you don't want to make babies if you don't, are not expecting it. So, always good to keep that in your mind because we have to be responsible lovers. Yes. Well, biolog biologically, is that a word? That's what it's for. So, mm -hmm. obviously, that's always going to be on our minds when we're getting down and dirty. But, mm -hmm. it, but it is good. It is good fun. It is, it is good, good fun. fun. And it is good that we can talk about how much fun it is. <laughs> so, because I um, did my schooling in Asia... Do you think your sex education in school was um, well, sufficient? Sufficient, yes. <laughs> that word. I can. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't remember anything about sex education um, mm -hmm. at home or in school, apart from books that my mum gave me called "Where Did I Come From" and "What's Happening to Me." And Aww. if you have not seen these books, I implore you to go out and find them in the library, or get your parents to buy them for you, or go mm -hmm. and find them in a bookshop somewhere because they are. Um, riveting, 
funny and very informative if you're just kind of branching off into this world of um, sex and sex education. Yeah. Um, I, my uh, primary school did a sex education thing when I was in grade six. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Which, primary school. Yeah. It started with just what are all the names for genitals you can think of. Oh, wow. It was great. We had about 10 minutes of people going, melons and sh- and like shaft stick, you know, like a bunch of other hilarious things. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then, so that that was pretty fun. They had a, mm-hmm. a funny animated video, um, which then, I think that's the best way yeah. to do it is just to make people laugh and take it as a light-hearted thing. Exactly. It needs to be age appropriate, I think. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, in high school, I went to a Christian Science high school, oh, which wow. is interesting um, because it's not na- it's not like no, you can't have sex before marriage or anything like that, but. Um, so it was Tom's a little. Cruise. It was a little bit. No, 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 no. Not Scientology. Oh no. Very different things. Oh, okay. Scientology is a, a very strange thing that has very little to do with science, <laughs> um, and Christian Science is a reinterpretation of the Bible uh, by a lady called Mary Baker Eddy. But this is not a religion talk. Anyway, no. point was <laughs> point was that um, the sex education was far more about the scientific parts of it. So it focused a lot more on different kinds of contraception mm-hmm. and how they worked and how genitals worked and that sort of thing and, and not very much about the emotional or social aspects of sex, which is good and bad. I think that there's uh, definitely a place for it. Mm. Um, but I'm actually kind of interested in how Safe Schools is being um, rolled out and interpreted. Uh, we've been talking about international sex myths, but we're just going to go into our personal myths that we had or believed growing up. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually don't really think I had any major sex myths that I believed growing up. Um, possibly that you could get pregnant from oral, but maybe that was just something that I've heard in the roundabout meal and actually never really believed. It was too long ago now. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's <clears throat> that's definitely a popular one out there, I think, um, which is obviously not true for those of you wondering. You cannot get sex. Uh, you cannot get sex. You cannot get pregnant from oral sex. That's uh, completely false. You can get STDs you and can, STIs. So yes. be careful. Be safe. Be safe. There's nothing wrong with uh, going with your partner and going to the doctor and saying, "Hey, let's get checked out." I've done it once. It was a little bit awkward, but you know. The doctor laughed. It was fun. <laughs> I do it every three months, though. That's how particular I am. Wow. Yeah. That's thorough. Is it's that, good, though. Is it's that, good. Is that inside of a relationship or outside of a relationship or both? Oh, inside a relationship. Like, it's more me because I'm quite particular, only because I have lots of problems down there. <laughs> um, I like to get myself checked just it's to make sure to be I'm safe, okay. Because sure. I had a fright only because my doctor... Um, growing up, oh, if you have like a yeast infection, you're not going to be pregnant when you're older. And I was like, oh my god, wow! And a doctor yeah, said that. To yeah, you. a doctor said that to me, and I was like, I'm maybe we could research these facts, but from my understanding, you need a yeast infection for a very long time before it affects your fertility. He, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, I have a lot of problems down there with yeast infection. It's a struggle, but trust me, you know, doctors are here to help you out whenever you need them to. Um, sex myths. I have a ton, actually. Um, my grandma, because I'm Chinese, and we have all sorts of, like, myths and all sorts of, like, uh, s- 
stories and oh god, it's never ending. Anyway, one of them and my favorite one is when um, you when you're pouring tea for someone else or a guest and you miss the cup, so the tea falls out of the cup and lands on the tablecloth. And when you're female, when you do that, you are actually pregnant. And when you're a guy, it just means you have bad luck for the whole day. <laughs> you see really? what I mean? Like bad you know, luck. Wow. Know, just bad luck and pregnancy. Um, yeah, it's really gender bias, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, what happens if it happens to both? Like, imagine you have your your mother and father, and then it happens to both of them. Then the dad's got bad luck the whole day, and but he's supposed to be excited because his wife is pregnant. Because he's oh. just found out that she's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, oh no, yes, brilliant, but oh no, bad luck. <laughs> I will stay at home on the couch the entire day. <laughs> Some other sex myths, um, myths that we had from that previous article that we were talking about before was um, that it's really common for school-aged children to be told um, when asking their parents, "Where did I come from?" that they were actually abandoned in a bin. Um, oh. and picked up out of the bin and then adopted by their now family, which I actually think is way more traumatising to think about than just the thought of your parents having sex. Yeah. Um, but obviously this stems from them not wanting to confront the issue and yeah. it being just something that culturally is quite uncomfortable to talk about. Um, the other really funny one in the article was that children were told that they came out of their mum's leg, <laughs> not between the legs, out of one of the legs. Wow. <laughs> Don't know how that's possible. But Did I come out the right leg or the left leg? <laughs> Through the crevices of the toenail and the skin. Ooh. Just underneath the knee. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh, ouch. Yes. Just imagining Don't that think happening about to that me. too much, guys. <laughs> I, one of my friends um, said, uh, told me when I was a kid that babies uh, happened because when the husband puts the ring on the lady's finger, it gives her the energy to have a baby and that's what creates babies. Just, that seems quite sp- spiritual as yeah, well. It's, it's yeah, the, uh, it's the energy of the transference yep. of the rings and that's why rings were important, not because, you know, it showed that people were getting married, but just, yeah, to make that's babies. that's how you make babies. Probably yep. a reason why Lord of Rings became such a huge hit. Huge hit. Oh, now I'm imagining a pregnant Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good image. And now I'm pregnant. Precious. Golem, my precious. He's not talking about the ring. He's talking about his baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. There, there's the one that I learned to begin with, because my parents were very, like, upfront with me, but Dumbo, the movie Dumbo, oh, if you've seen it. I love that movie. There's the stork, and he comes along, and he brings the baby, oh. and then he comes along, and he brings Dumbo, and Dumbo's got the giant ears. That stork thing, imagine how many kids would have thought that storks brought them to their parents' houses. Yeah, it was a really common one back in the day, I think. I never got told that. But, yeah, me um, neither. I mean, it's quite, it's quite nice when you think about it, if only it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> I've always told my brother, when I'm angry with him, of course, I would say, you know, mum and dad got you out of a trash can just to piss him off. Oh, so and you he wouldn't believe that it. one as well. That, I yep. was that kid. I was that awful sister. And are he you, believed me. Are you quite a bit older? or um, Just by two years, yep. so not that much. but <laughs> Enough to have that power over him. Oh, it's fantastic, especially over TV. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Always get tips on the remote. <laughs> I'm, uh, one of my sister's friends, when she was... Uh, my younger sister was really obsessed with Cabbage Patch Kids oh, when she was young. Yes, and that was convinc- a common one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Convinced herself that kids came out of the garden and grew... And that was why she was looking after mum and dad's garden because she wanted a sister. Oh, that is brilliant. That's cute. That's really cute. 
Um, but oh, yeah, the things funny. we tell children, hey? <laughs> um, so do you have any other big cultural myths that um, you had in your family? Oh, not really, but I've always been you know, pressured to marriage and... Um, and I having children at a very young age by my grandparents. Do you still get that now? Yes. Every Chinese New Year, God damn it. <laughs> mum and dad, are, because mum and dad lived in New Zealand for more than 20 years now. And um, my grandparents and my relatives, they've always been in Asia. So they've always been like, and because my partner is a white male, They've always been like, oh, your children are going to be so beautiful. Oh, it's oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I'm only 21, guys. I mean, you can have kids whenever you want. Just be responsible, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think I'm ready. My, yeah, you need to be emotionally ready. Yeah, yeah. My, the rest of my family think I am, which I, th- I guess it, it's a compliment yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. They have faith but, in you. They're favouring me to look after a little Felicity. (laughs) (laughs) But I personally, nah, not at the moment. But it's a huge pressure for Asian women. Actually, come to think of it, Asian women in China, Chinese women in China, they are pressured into having, sorry, being married by the age of 21 or else they would be, um, you know, an unwanted woman or something like that. Yep. Unwanted lady, like you can't actually marry, like you're not worth worthy enough yep. to be married in China anymore. Wait, really? What happens if someone's 23? You're too old. Well, you can get married, but it's just like, you know, you're like an unwanted woman. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Wow. That would I, be crazy. I'm well and truly gone then. <laughs> Won't be able to get married in China anymore. Well, what a shame. You're not Chinese. No. <laughs> true, true, very true. No, my um my mum's actually just started recently saying, "Hello mum, I know you're listening." Um that it's not it's never too early to have kids um, and that you you don't always have to wait to make sure that you're financially stable and all of that kind of thing um, but personally for me that's something that I want to wait yeah. for but um, yeah even my mum now has started um, yeah hinting that she might like grandchildren sometime soon mm-hmm. wow yep wow my parents have not said anything like that but then again I'm single so they're just like we just want you to find someone and be happy yep. and then like but then again my sisters they've both been well my older sister's been in a relationship for five years mm-hmm. um, but they're not pressuring her and she's older oh, than that's me good. So. I was just going to ask do you think it's because you're a guy no no I don't think it's because oh, I'm a guy yeah. it's just your parents in, in it's fact, just your parents out of all my uh, siblings I'm probably the one who wants kids most <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, my mum does say it in a joking way, but still. <laughs> I've been with my partner now for five years, and um, I think she is expecting at least something. Yeah. yeah. My parents uh, got married, but uh, had their second child before they were financially ready. Mm. Um but they found the money. And yeah, exactly. That's good. You uh, always do, yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah. And when you don't find the money, you find ways. Yeah. Um, so, I would say that don't... The worst thing you can do if... Well, I've never had kids. I know a few people who have. But the worst thing you can do when you have a kid is to freak out about the fact that you can't pay for it. Yeah. Yes, it will be. It'll probably be expensive. But the, if you tell and someone, always... hey, look, I've got a baby. Everybody wants to help you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I was going to say, that there's always people that are willing to help you. There's always services and yeah. um, everything out there that um, that people are just willing to lend a hand, especially when you're in a sticky situation like that, that you didn't expect yourself to be in. And we are answering more of your questions. Yes, we are, guys. And you have the first one up, don't you, John? I do. I have one from Anonymous. It's, 
Hey guys and girls, I'm Mark, 24, straight male. How do I join the Sin Sex Group or Sex Sin Group Sex Club? Well, Mark, we don't have one, but we would love you to start one. If you do want to start one, I'm right here for you, Mark. He's ready. We yeah. love a massive orgy right here. And, you know, I love puns. And then I could say, hey, I'm on the mark. What I'm thinking, though, is like, is he thinking a swingers club or is it um, what kind of club is this sex club? That's true. Mark, get here. We need to do some brainstorming. Tell us us what's going to happen. Tell us your ideas. (laughs) You have responsibilities now. You've got to start this group sex club. But anyway, and... In all seriousness, though, um, one question from Anonymous is, my mother walked in on me and my boyfriend having sex. How do I lessen the awkwardness? That is, yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, My first question would be, do you live with your mum still? Um, And I'm assuming that you do if she's walked in on you. Um, But... The first thing to do when that kind of thing happens is meet in a neutral place like the living place or kitchen area straight away. I would say don't leave it um, any longer than you have to. Get out of bed, get dressed, kind of um, face it front on, I think is definitely my policy with anything like that. Um, And just try and be as direct as possible. Be like, hey, I'm sorry that um, you might not have wanted to see that today. (laughs) Probably wasn't what you were expecting when you opened the door. Um, And I guess if she knows that you're having sex um, with your boyfriend, it will obviously be easier um, with that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But if not, it might be a good time to start talking about, um, yeah, that you are sexually active with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously your boyfriend can choose to be in that conversation or not, depending on how comfortable he is with your parents. That's true. You might go, hey, mum and dad, can I have a lock on my door? (laughs) Just, just, or like, maybe, can we we have a signal that we've started up just so you don't have to go through that again? A special knock. Yeah, a special knock. (laughs) Or like, you know, those stuff you put in outside hotel rooms, like, do not not disturb. disturb. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, if it were me, I would want to move out as soon as possible. Like, obviously this stuff does happen though, guys. Um, And kids walking on their parents, parents walking on yeah. their kids. It's what happens when you're living under the same roof and people are sexually active. Yeah. Um, so you just need to be as upfront about it as mm-hmm. possible. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely the best policy, I think. I'm lucky enough that it has never happened to me. You are lucky. I, I, I did have one situation where it was me and my girlfriend just lying on our, on my bed with our clothes on. Yeah. And my uh-huh. parent uh, parents walked in and went, Hey, John, um... Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, John, um, we'll, can you come out and talk to us when you're ready? And this was Close with clothes on. Clothes on. Wow, yeah. I would hate to see them if you were actually under the covers, fully yeah. naked. Yeah, yep. well, um, that was... Um, <laughs> an experience. Yeah, an experience. And I think the, the biggest problem was it was like the first sort of relationship I had where I'd taken a girl home. Um, and we hadn't had that the conversation about... Yep. You know, there wasn't a, a trust uh, sort of established yet, mm-hmm. and that was what made it more awkward than anything because they were yeah, like, "Oh, oh, this is this is happening now." Um, yeah, we should 
we should talk about this. So I actually have a story about this as well. The very first time that I ever had sex, um, I was it was at a party and we were on uh, someone else's bed um, and obviously... Did someone else's parents walk in on no, you? No, no parents were actually at home at the time. Thank, oh, thank the God. Lord. Yep. <laughs> thank you, parents, um, for but, going out on your romantic it, dates. Yes. Um, so this is obviously a very special moment, um, even though we were slightly tipsy and um, probably wasn't the most romantic setting. Um, but we had less sex and then... Directly after finishing, someone burst into the room <gasps> looking for God knows what, and we sprung apart and pretend like nothing had ever happened and that we were happily falling off to Wait, sleep. Wait, weren't you guys oh, naked no. at that time? Yeah, but under the covers, um, ah, yeah. Okay. That, look, Doonas cover a whole matter of sins. So, they do. Yeah. yeah. They do. And funnily enough, um, the second time I had sex, um, the exact same thing happened, which oh, was quite no. funny. Oh, But that must have been so... so t- Tragic in hindsight, because you know when you have that, like, sex afterglow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you, well, you're just completely robbed of it. Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't think anybody's virginity has an after... Like, loss of virginity yeah. has an afterglow to it. I think it's one of those things... Or maybe I'm just... This is what happened to me. But I think it's one of those things that people romanticise, but um, when it comes down to it, it can be painful, it can be awkward, it can be a little bit messy. Um, and that is true. you kind of just want to get to that, like... Fifth, sixth, seventh time, and then it all it's comes all down upwards. with practices. Isn't exactly, it? it's all up from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to admit, my first two times were not particularly great, yep. and there there wasn't much afterglow aside from the fact of I still love you. I still love you. It's okay. I still love it's you okay. too. It's okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let's just turn a movie on and pretend this um didn't happen. We'll pretend number three is our first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The first time it works. Yeah. See, the first time I kissed someone, like I actually kissed kissed someone, I I didn't know I had to use my tongue. Well, you don't have to use your tongue, but yeah. I get what you well, mean. Well, like, you yes. know, a yeah. proper kiss, yeah. and this guy just went full on Rambo in my tongue. Whoa. And I, I think was... you definitely need to be leading up to that point. Yeah, no you one had should to, have but I was just so stunned. Yeah, that's true. But I was so stunned, and for the whole night, I would say maybe for the next four or five hours, because my first kiss was at Starbucks. Ooh. Starbucks? Yeah, and like, at that time, I didn't know how to drive, so mum had to pick me up. <laughs> and for the whole trip home, and even in the house, I couldn't talk to her. I was yep. dead silent because I was so stunned and I was so giddy. First time I had sex, pretty much the same thing happened to me. However, I can't remember what happened. <laughs> like, can't remember the experience. I remember the person, but I can't remember the experience. Just blanked out. So you know what you know when you bad memories or I don't know. Okay, here's the thing: I don't know, and you know, come to think of it, like when losing a virginity, it shouldn't be a huge thing. No, I think people put so much emphasis on it. There's a lot of pressure on um, losing your virginity and not waiting too long, not jumping in too early, um, waiting for the right person. Um, But really, um, I guess it's just the beginning of something that um, will develop and progress throughout your life. It's something that you keep learning um, about and learning what you like, what you dislike. Um, It's really just the beginning. Um, So obviously... Doing it in a safe space and with someone that respects you and that you respect is really important. But mm. um, 
it doesn't have to be 100% perfect, and very rarely it is. And I would like to point out that if you want a safe space, this is a good reason to talk to your parents. Mm, because yes. from your parents' perspective, they don't want you going to a party that they that no one's supervising and doing something you don't want not and not having safe sex. If you have if you haven't had sex yet, go talk to your parents about it and and at least figure out whether or not they're comfortable with the idea of having it if you are responsible and what it takes for them to be responsible because at least then you can figure out they can talk to you about like safe sex. And, and contraception. And, and contraception and if there's a particular time or if they want a particular arrangement to happen. Um, and that at least gives you a bit more uh, go power and they'll trust you a bit more mm-hmm. because you've started the conversation. And with that, you know, if you can't talk to your parents, you know, sometimes you just can't, go see a school counsellor because, you know, they know a lot. Exactly. More. They deal with this all the time. Yeah. yeah. And um, when and you're they're always on. You know, Your side. Yeah. yeah. I eventually got angry at my parents when they weren't talking to me about it because I'm like, look, this is going to happen whether or not you like it or not. It happened to you guys. Why aren't you talking about it with me? Like, <laughs> do you want me to be safe? Do you want me to be responsible? Well, if so, give me the opportunity and treat me like a damn adult. I'm turning into one anyway. See, to this day, I'm 21 now. Never heard any sex education from both my parents at all. You the should only- just bring it on them. Be like, hey, <laughs> hey, mum and dad, what's sex? Well, see, here's the only the only time I managed to talk about sex was when I actually had a miscarriage um, maybe two years ago. With your parents? That was the first yeah, time you talked about it with them? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I could just imagine like how my parents were just like, their face dropped. They were yeah. like, oh my God, I didn't even talk to you about sex yet. What's going on here? But like, you know, they were quite accepting with it, off it, you know, which is great, but... I would say don't leave it too late because you don't, you know... You want to have all your bases covered when you're going in. Be as prepared as possible. But as I said before, it's rarely going to be perfect. Yeah. Well, really, if you're going to get a home run, you've got to have covered all your bases. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan! He is on the ball tonight. (laughs) We are actually going to jump into a segment on brothels now. Um, And we have our own Felicity here who has worked in a brothel, not not, as... not in the sense that you would think, but uh, as a receptionist there. Is that right, Felicity? Yes. Um, I used to be a receptionist and an accountant at a brothel in New Zealand. So how I got about that job, um, I was a teacher. I used to teach music and I used to... What else did I used to do? I used to be a teacher, let's put it this way. Um, and for the life of me, I wasn't earning enough money to support my university courses and um, life in general because I moved out of home when I was 18. Life is expensive, isn't it? It really is. This day and age is just, whew, don't even think about it. <laughs> Stay at home as much as you can. <laughs> Sponge um, off your parents' kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, be a freeloader for the rest of your life if you can. <laughs> um, so I, tr- I was tossing with the idea about being a prostitute actually for many many years well by many many years I mean maybe two years ever since I moved out two Um, is definitely many because it is greater than one (laughs) fair enough Um, so I did talk about it with my partner Um, he he, at first he was quite um, supportive about it but I think as the time went on and knowing more stories coming from 
the horse's mouth, you know, he, he sort of changed his mindset a bit. And I'll get onto that a little bit later. But um, before wanting to actually be a prostitute, I did some stripping um, back in New Zealand in a club. And that was how I ventured into working at a brothel upstairs. Uh, that being said, stripping and being a prostitute are very, very two different things. Prostit- um, being a stripper, you are sort of emotionally attached with the guests. Right. In right. a way, but it's not... Morris, yeah. Yeah, but not in terms... And not as excessive as a prostitute where your emotion, your f- physical attributes and, you know, everything in general is just, you know, shared with someone else even yep. though you don't know that person. Um, so I started out stripping... Didn't enjoy it because I had to work from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. And, you know, in... I don't know about you, but, yeah, yeah, not just the hours, but I am so uncoordinated. I do not think I would be able to appear sexy whilst dancing. Yeah. (laughs) It is definitely an art form, stripping. It is definitely an art form, It really is. And I just got so sick. Um, I worked a week as a stripper. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the money because when I got that hand, you know, that... Handful of money in my hands. I was like, "Oh my god, this is way a lot more than I earn from a week at a school." Yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, "This is great. I get to pay rent. I get to pay for food." But the hours went great, so I decided to, you know, search other means. I went on the internet. Gotta love the internet. Um, look for um, brothels that were hiring. Um, so obviously brothels are constantly hiring because it's just an industry where it's constantly wanting people um, coming in. It's like a high turnover rate. A lot of people come in, a lot of people get out. Um, so there was this website, and I'm not going to tell you what it is or what the brothel is called. Um, they were quite, you know, they were really nice. They were very, very open about how the work is done there. They were open about, you know, le- legalizing prostitution in New Zealand, how you shouldn't be ashamed. Yeah. You shouldn't be, you know, f- just so discriminating it. It, you it know. was a safe space It then? was a safe website. It it seemed very, very safe. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to book in as a, um, a person wanting to be a prostitute with them. <laughs> that sounds really terrible, but, you know... See what happens. To see what happens, but... Broaden your horizons a little bit as yeah. well. Yeah. And, you know, in my mind at the time, on the day of the interview, I was like, am I really doing a good thing here? Or is, you know, or is this like a huge mistake? Um, long story short, I went to the interview. They were great. People were so friendly. Um, but... Lucky for me, not exactly lucky, but I think I was lucky enough. Um, they offered me a job as a receptionist because they thought I was very open and friendly and, you know, that sort of thing. And I was like, yes, I'll take it, you know, um, because even though I'm still in the industry, it still pays a lot more than yeah. what normal receptionist is being paid. Um, anyway, I did that for so many months. I did that about a year, a receptionist and accountant as time went on. I learned so much about the sex industry. I grew up so much. People amaze you. Like, 
in terms of like the goodness of people and you know just sheer cruelty um but i would never trade my time th- that time of my life for anything else cuz you just learn so much out of those sort of places oh, yeah i can imagine it would be a yeah. massive eye opener and just broaden your horizon so much on i guess what's out there yeah. as well like you were saying like the good and the bad as a young impressionable 19 year old at that time you know you just think the world is perfect mm. you know not trying to say that prostitution is bad but you actually get insights on how people behave in a general um you know um po- population or like society i get girls who come in and they are just you know they they're great people but they just don't know how to con- handle themselves in public you know what i mean you know, you get certain situations where girls were just brought up so in such rough situations and the reason why they want to do this job is because they are trying to... Lift themselves yeah, out Yeah, lift themselves yep. up, you know, try to gain some respect for themselves because they are actually putting their own self and body into those sort of situations. Mm-hmm. So... um I'll get into the helplines later, but I also hear lots of stories about women who have been sexually assaulted as a kid or as, you know, when they were growing up and they want to redeem themselves by um, doing those sort of jobs. And it's just amazing how, you know, people have different ways to reclaim their own, um, you know... Reclaim their identity, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Identity. And, and if this has brought yeah. up any issues for you guys, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or um, if you want to, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. And the National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counselling Service, uh, you can contact them on 1800RESPECT. Uh, or if you don't have a phone that says letters, it is seven three double seven three two eight. Um, so just getting back onto um, your time at the brothel as well, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be good to, I guess, debunk some myths oh, that yeah. are, um, I guess, prevalent in society mm-hmm. today, um, especially about this industry. Um, yeah, so like you were saying before about the women, I mean, predominantly women that work there. Um, What kind of situations were they generally finding themselves in? In terms of before the sex work? Yeah, and were they happy with with the work that they were doing as a sex worker? This is really extensive because you get... The good and the bad. Yeah, of course. So I'll we'll start have with a little good. snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start off with the good. Like, um, I have this personal friend of mine. She she's studying to be a doctor, and um, you know she she's wealthy. Her family's really wealthy, but she wants to be independent. And she's been through some rough stuff, she, but also because of without getting into much detail, with those rough stuff that has happened to her, she didn't want to go back to her family to be financially supported by them. So Yeah, I guess it can be a way of, um, I guess, building yourself up in your own right. Um, yeah. And I guess laying claim to yourself um, in your body as well as um, as an indiv- individual supporting yourself through life and yeah. making your own decisions and all of that kind of thing. I would say predominantly the reason why you work 
as a sex worker is because of the money, you know. Um, first off, if you want to be a sex worker, you need to be very emotionally stable. Yeah. You know? yeah. That is just the one thing I advise because you just see so many, you know, screwed up situations. You honestly wouldn't know what to do sometimes. Um, is it true that they have really, like, close-knit communities that are really supportive? Yeah, it depends on where you go. Like, uh, the brothel that I used to work in, they were a great bunch of people. But, of course, you know, you can't judge a person by their, you know, their looks as well. You, Some people are so reserved in those sort of situations. Like, you need to sort of tear down their walls and actually talk to them. So it's really hard to tell. But in terms of, like, close-knit community, I would say no. Did you have fun while you were working there? Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. You get all sorts of people coming in, as I said. Um, My favourite story is when um, my 21st birthday, actually, this year, um, I had all sorts of friends and work colleagues coming into my party. And it was starting to get a bit dull. Yeah. But then my group of friends from a brothel that I used to work at came in and it was just a ball. So, you know, they can actually bring the fun into it. Um, I can imagine no day would be dull there at (laughs) all. Um, We will just go on to, um, I guess, the legalities of that in Australia as well. Actually, I was going to ask, in Australia, there are different uh, laws about prostitution depending upon different states. Mm -hmm. For example, um, trying to find, uh, uh, like, sex, for example, procuring prostitution is an offence in... All of Australia's states, except Victoria yes. and Canberra, um, there are. Uh, but the interesting thing about it in Victoria is it's only um, it's only an offence um, if you have uh, forced. Um, well, obviously, yeah, there's some sort of statutory issue, like um, they're too young or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then um, it it finding sex is an offence. Um, but the what's important is that in Australia, your brothels are actually highly encouraged because it gives us an ability to um, control what goes on. And I was I wanted to ask, um, well, in the, the, I think it's, yeah, brothels are encouraged to, like, you're supposed to have your sex work there rather than doing it independently. I think there's, there's no, I don't know which state. Let me just quickly check. So, um, speaking from experience and from my friends' experiences as well, um, you are actually encouraged to go to a brothel in Victoria if you want to look for, you know, sex. Yeah, I mean, it's a place where it can be monitored. Um, There's people overseeing um, all the business that goes on there as well. Um, And generally, I mean, hopefully for the workers as well, it's a safe space and they're there by their own choice. A lot... uh, it's the law to choose um, who you want to sleep with or have like a sexual partner. I didn't with. know that. It That's is a really law. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of like health and safety issues, um, one of the brothels in Austra- uh, in Melbourne that I know of, if you want to work as a sex worker in that brothel, you need to have a medical certificate from the Me- uh, Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic every three months. So you Yeah, need of course, that's always really important as well. The funny thing is, and the m- interesting is, that would be only one of the few brothels that does that. Mm. So 
to be honest, anyone can be a sex worker, but you are encouraged to go to one that is obviously legal and has its certifications and you know all sorts of stuff, and you can catch diseases, however, whenever. Yeah, of course. Yep. So, you know, just play by ear. Of course, be street smart about it. And as always, guys, we are preaching safe sex, safe sex, yeah. safe sex. Definitely. Condoms. And, um, yes, so another thing is sex without condoms is illegal. You would be fined. Yeah. And one that's that would be a legality of a brothel. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to correct myself. In Victoria, you can be a private... Um, uh, sex worker, you can do that privately. That's fine in Victoria, mm-hmm. but in New South Wales, it is not okay. Um, yeah. The only time prostitution or sex work is legal is in brothels. Um, so that that's an interesting, interesting difference. But but also check online, guys. Yeah. And obviously, it is illegal for anybody under the age of eighteen. Yes. Um, so unfortunately, that's not so- oh, well. That's not something you can think about until you are eighteen. Mm-hmm. Always, always do your research because you can't jump into, you know, the first thing that you see. Sex is a very, very important subject and it's just something that you need to do so much research because your health is involved, your mental stability is involved, everything is at stake here. Hmm. Um, I would like to say, though, know yourself well before getting into any sexual thing, particularly if you're going to be doing it with um, people in a brothel because, like... You don't, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not going to know them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, um, it, if it's a, it, if you want to try it out, don't think that it's a shameful thing to do. It's not. It's. Yeah. Uh, I have always thought that sex is a service, much like getting a massage or it's very much a valid yeah, um, form of work. And you know we shouldn't be ashamed uh, about it. Um, but we are actually running out of time. We are out of time, guys. Um, we could talk about this topic all day long. Um, but unfortunately, we will have to love you and leave you for tonight. We are The Naughty Rude Show. And next week, we will be talking about the connection between sex and love. So do you think that they are connected? How much do you think they're connected? And we will be talking about that next week. Um, I hope you all have a brilliant night. I'm Elsie. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Felicity. And this was The Naughty Rude Show. You can listen to The Naughty Rude Show live from 8 to 10 on Sin 90.7 FM. So, so, so scandalous.